Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and this week we're talking Gunpowder Milkshake, plus all the latest news and trailers. I'm Tim Ifland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies, and this week we are chatting Gunpowder Milkshake. Raised by the firm, the ruthless crime syndicate her mother worked for, Sam followed in her mother's footsteps as a fierce hit woman. But when a job goes wrong, Sam must choose between serving the firm and protecting an innocent eight-year-old girl. With a target on her back, Sam has only one chance to survive, reunite with her mother and her lethal associates, the librarians. The librarians, I love that. The film is directed by Navot Papuchado with a screenplay by Papuchado and Ehud Lovsky. The film stars Karen Gillian, Lena Headey, Angela Bassett, Michelle Yu, Carla Gugino and Paul Giamatti. I'm going to call this film bubblegum action, Tim. I don't know if that phrase already exists, but I'm going to coin it now if it doesn't. Bubblegum action. What do you think? Trademark popcorn podcast with Lee and Tim. <laughs> bubblegum action. That's so great. I love that. It actually encapsulates this film perfectly, I reckon. Yeah, it's got flavours of John Wick, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Mixed with Quentin Tarantino and just a hint of Sin City, I think, in terms of its stylized approach and the graphic novel feel of it. When you say Quentin Tarantino, do you feel like Kill Bill more specifically yeah. in his filmography? And also mm. in terms of the dialogue. You know, that really postulating kind of... Uh, monologuing dialogue that is sometimes in his films. There was a touch of that in there as well. Yeah, like a little self-indulgent, but on the good side of the fence of self-indulgence when Mm. a character just kind of wants to let it out and feel something and just have a bit of fun with it at the same time. More performative, if you could put it that way. Oh, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I'm going to call out another elephant in the room, just how much fun this movie was. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And there's so much to unpack here, though. And where do you want to start, I guess, Lee, is my question. 
Um, well, I guess it's worth mentioning straight off the bat that the story is split right down the gender divide in this film, isn't it? Women are in the kick-ass sisterhood of assassins while the men are the definite bad guys, yeah? Oh, yeah, definitely. It takes a little while to find its feet, though, doesn't it? It takes a minute to get started. Yeah, I didn't mind that, though. Really? I really loved that the pacing of this film was quite, like, chaotic and then plateaued and then chaotic and then plateaued. It kind of kept following that formula. Did you mm. think that it needed to hit that action kind of gong a little quicker? I don't know if it needed it to, but I know I wanted it to. Mm. Give me more of these kick-ass women, please. And what I really liked was how it positioned the men in here, the firm, which we mentioned in mm. the top of the episode. It's a it's an organisation run by men who hire people to clean up their mess, basically. Go do this hit, kill this person, sort out this problem. And it's quite a mysterious organisation. Mm. It's uh, This film is just full of troubled characters with twisted pasts and uncovering of the truth is, is an ongoing thing in here and throw in some redemption, revenge to sprinkle on top kind of like is the journey you go on in mm. this film, isn't it? Overall, I had a little problem with some aspects of the story. I had trouble with the fact that Lena Hetty's character leaves her daughter with the people who are trying to kill her. That was a pretty big plot hole for me. Didn't make sense. It didn't make sense and I don't think it ever was understood. Did it kind of ever come together for you why she may no. have made that decision? And mm. why she didn't leave her with the librarians? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> because she later says that they were the best years of her life when she was a girl. Yeah. So why wouldn't her mother have had that, you know, realisation that that's where she needed to be? It was a safe, comforting mm. place for her. And mm. later on she says, I never wanted you to follow in my footsteps, but what did you think was going to happen when you left her with the firm? <laughs> yeah, this is actually <laughs> very valid questions. <laughs> But it almost doesn't really matter. I don't know. I felt like I could forgive this movie for its, I wouldn't say countless, but several plot holes or things that didn't quite add up. Yeah. Did they bother you or eat away at you or you kind of just brushed them off? No, I noticed them. Didn't It didn't stop my mm. enjoyment of this film, that's for sure. It was a little jarring at first, but I soon understood was the style of the film was, as I mentioned before, a lot of the characters' lines played out like soliloquies. You know, they're postulating and these great big speeches. I just asked you a question. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't need to go into that big ramble. I think Angela Bassett lent into that soliloquy line mm. delivery probably better than anyone. Her character is written in such a way that you just like, oh, lapped everything up that came out of her mouth. And you do not begrudge her one single second of that because she is fire in this film. Michelle Yu often looks at Angela Bassett's character to get her to take a deep breath and yeah. she's kind of like that central calm that obviously her character doesn't have. <laughs> Actually, that is one thing that I really loved about those characters is that each one of them was like a Spice Girl and that they had their own personalities, you know, <laughs> they had their own thing. <laughs> Spice Girls is probably a bad uh, metaphor for that. But, yeah, they, they each had their own role to play within that sisterhood. So Carla Gugino was the really sweet one, the nurturing one, and Michelle Yeoh was the very calm, centred one, and Angela mm. Bassett was the leader, obviously, the hothead. And but the one thing that they had in common, mm. despite their different character traits that complemented each other and kept each other in check, was that they all could absolutely fucking kick ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Loved it. And do it with such grace. Yeah, but they all had a unique style, be it a chain or an axe or, mm. you know, guns. Like they all had this different unique thing that, that, that carried with them to complement their fighting style, right? Can I say you haven't lived until you've seen Angela Bassett smash a guy's teeth in with a hammer? 
<laughs> that went on and on as well. They kept coming back to it. <laughs> I was a little uncomfortable. It's great though. What I think that this movie did really well, Lee, was establish a mood straight out of the gate, mm. uh, you know, and, and playing into the literary um, script and the dialogue and stuff, there was this location and place called the library, which was an arms dealership, if you will, where you could go to get guns and knives and ammo, but they were packaged within the pages of literary mm. classics. So that theme was like playing all the way through and it was just a really clever, unique, mm. creative way of doing that. I have read that the writer and director spent a lot of time in libraries as a kid, so he has a fondness for them. Who doesn't? I love a library. Well, nerds can make big action blockbusters as well, it seems. You know, the kid in the (laughs) library might make gunpowder milkshake one day. Should we talk about the characters and the performances? You can't go past Lena Headey in an action role. She is just born for it and she's having the best time with this part in this film, don't you think? Oh, yeah, so much fun, so much fun. The only thing I wish is that there was more of her. Yeah, I mean, she kind of did disappear at the beginning. We always knew she was going to make a reappearance somewhere in Mm. the film. And how do you think that played out? Because one of the big components of this movie is that mother-daughter relationship. They had been estranged from each other for 15 years and I quite liked how that played out after Mm. such a long period of time because they had to work together instantly and they were almost getting to know each other again for the very first time because they were such Mm. different people now. And that brings me to another point, my little bugbear in films. You know, you've got your spatial awareness. I've got when people (laughs) use each other's names or titles too much. And that happened a lot Mm. in this, in that Karen Gillan's character was constantly saying Ma and Mum, thanks Mum, thanks Ma, just referring to her as Ma and Mum constantly. And I thought, we get it. We know she's your mother. If you're referring to someone, do you ever use their name that much? You just talk to them like I'm talking to you. Yes, Lee. I mean, Lee, like I don't really use your name, Lee, so much when we talk. Do do I, Lee? No, no, Tim. No, you don't, Tim. But it feels weird, doesn't it? It does. It's not natural. No. Do you reckon, though, sorry, I might be overthinking this, but do you think she just felt like she needed to say mum a lot because she hadn't been able to say mum for 15 years and it felt good for her? Are you justifying this for the character? Yes. <laughs> All right, good job. Okay, sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. I'm justifying her mummy issues. Yeah. Did you think that we needed a little more character development in this film and maybe a bit more context? Maybe. I wanted just more of the librarians, though, in general. I want a whole movie Mm. with these three incredible actresses, you know, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett and Carla Gugino. Like, you could just make a whole universe with them, couldn't you? Well, you likened this film to a John Wick, which obviously there's been three in the series and a fourth on its way. And that story keeps continuing and growing in the world around it. I can see the firm being delved into more deeper and you get to know like what the librarians do, what they've done and what they're, what they're soon to do. I reckon there's a TV series in the librarians. You reckon? For sure. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. I'd, I'd lap that shit up. Can we talk about Karen Gillan, okay? She's got an excellent physicality Mm. about her in action sequences and all the roles that she does. She's fantastic at this. But in this one, her voice and the acting felt very much like her Nebula character from Guardians of the Galaxy. And I found that a little bit distracting. Just that monotone and that, you know, whispering husky kind of style. 
which I love. But yes, I'm glad you said monotone. It was all just one note, which I think worked for her character. But I feel like she could have come out of her shell a little bit more. And there were moments where you thought that was going to happen. But then she just kind of went back into her more reserved performance. Do you think it was a performance choice for the character in that, you know, she's emotionally stunted because she didn't have a mother around her? And Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of the choice that she made. And I think it did work, but you kind of felt like it was a little bit needed a bit more to it. So I, I'm on your side there. Mm. Listen to me justifying the character choices as well. <laughs> All right, we can't get away without talking about the action, the big fight sequences, which I felt came too late in the piece. But, you know, there are some real kick-ass fight scenes when it really gets going, isn't there? Yeah, well, I guess the first big fight scene is the one that takes place in the bowling alley Mm. where you really see what Sam is capable of for the very first time. And, gee, it's fun. The way they Mm. shot it, the slick, fun, gory choreography, it just kind of sets the tone once again that follows throughout the film. Yeah, definitely. There's a big fight scene in the library, which I guess you would call the centrepiece of the film, but it's a bit like playing find a gun in a library that's really an armory and for some reason they hide all the guns in the books. Did you like that choice or did you find it a bit strange? I loved it as a concept and I thought it was really fun. Okay. However, fuck, it would have been inconvenient when you're in a gunfight and you have to like open up Shakespeare and the Bible to get an actual gun. They're yep. not very accessible. <laughs> no, and it's a bit farcical to be carrying around this massive pile of heavy books when she goes in to get some guns. Instead of giving her the guns out of the books, they give her the books and she's just walking around with these giant tomes, like overloaded. It's so inconvenient. <laughs> didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense, but I guess it goes with the distinct style and choices that this mm. film like stuck with and it was really unique and a little bit quirky I guess you could say. Yeah no I liked the idea of hiding them in books for sure but when you go in to collect them don't hand over the books take the guns out of the books. (laughs) (laughs) She was loaded up with these like six or seven huge books and trying to walk around the library like why don't you put them down take the guns out put one in your pocket off you go. I guess though Sometimes they did use the books to their advantage in their fight. So they could throw that huge motherfucker and get them right in the throat, right in the jugular and kind of (laughs) throw, disarm them. So I guess it did have a purpose or despite it being a little bit inconvenient most of the time. But I really enjoyed the fight scenes in this. I just wish there were more of them and earlier on. I quite liked the cinematography choices Mm. as well. There were shots and sequences that were held. There's this great shot in the diner. Yes. You know, where it's just this one tracking slow-mo shot and you kind of have time to take it all in and look over there and look over here and it just tells this really, Mm. really fun story. There's incredible choreography going on in that scene as it moves from one of the women to the next and it really shows what they can do and the fun they're having with it, like the facial expressions on Angela Bassett as she smashes a guy's face into the counter is just so good. So badass. Yeah. (laughs) When you talk about the design, I guess we should talk about the music, which I really, Mm. really enjoyed the soundtrack and sound design in this film. Songs from Bob Dylan, Janis Joplin, and it made it feel quite kitsch, but in a good way. And it was very reminiscent of like 1950s and 60s with the diner and the aesthetic. It all came together really well, I think. Yeah, there was a good balance in the soundtrack. There were even flavours of like 80s synth in there that they pulled in mm. into 
every now and then, usually when it was like rainy and they were outside and the whole use of the neon lights played in with the soundscape really well. There yep. was that very distinctive blue and red hues throughout the film and the soundtrack kind of just brought that all together beautifully. Yeah. And you were saying about the sound design, Lee, what stood out for you there? Exactly what you were talking about in that, you know, the driving rain and you get this background tension that starts building and it just melded together really naturally and made for a really entertaining film. I was really, really taken in by the sound design. There were a few sounds that I've written down that kind of stood out for me mm. that just gave this really unique, beautiful sound to this film, despite it being so violent. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was rain, like we've said, there was like this big clock chiming. There were sounds of forests and oceans and even that ongoing uh, sounds of phones ringing in different mm phone tunes and things. There were just really specific choices made around the sound design that were really, really special in this movie. Yeah, so they stood out, but they also fit really well. Yes, exactly. It's a good way of putting it. All right, Lee, so do you think it's time that we wrap up our review of Gunpowder Milkshake and give it a rating? Let's do it, Tim. Gunpowder Milkshake is a cool, colourful, kick-ass action movie that goes down sweet with the cherry on top being the awesome collection of actresses assembled for it right down to chloe coleman who we didn't really discuss much but she played the young emily she was great i loved her Mm. i'm gonna give gunpowder milkshake three popcorn kernels love that lee well gunpowder milkshake is a slick fun badass bloody good time cut from the same cloth as john wick but still holds its own distinct personality and style I loved watching women kick ass. Heck, I always do. So this film is right up my alley. Visually striking with a beautiful sound design and soundtrack that holds it all together. I want more of these films and I want them right now. I'm going to rate Gunpowder Milkshake three and a half popcorn kernels. Woohoo! Gunpowder Milkshake is in Australian cinemas now pending lockdown restrictions. So make sure you check your local cinema for details. All right, Lee, so a bit of a change in pace. Let's jump into our news and trailer section. We're going to kick things off with Disney's Pixar. Their return to cinema comes in red. What have they got coming up? We got a first look for Turning Red, which follows a 13-year-old girl who turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. I just I love that. With Rosalie Chang as Mei Lee and Sandra Oh as Ming, this just looks like a lot of fun, doesn't it? I, as a kid and still as an adult, tend to go very red when I get embarrassed. <laughs> really? So I'm really, really looking forward to watching this movie and deeply... Uh, relating to it at many, many levels. Turning Red is also the second Pixar film to be directed by a woman and the first to be directed by a woman of colour with Demi Shi, uh, who was the director of the Pixar short Bow very recently, taking on this project. Can't wait to see it. Turning Red is coming to Australian cinemas in March 2022. Now, our favourite actor to say their name, Antonio Banderas, joins... James Mangold's Indiana Jones 5. Oh, I just love this piece of news. Yes, yeah, bring it on. So now we have Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, and of course Harrison Ford uh, taking on that project. I just can't wait to see this film. I hope it's going to be good. Fingers crossed, Lee. Yeah. Fingers and toes. Anything else we can cross? We can expect Indiana Jones 5 in 2022 sometime. We got the first trailer for Blue Bayou from award-winning writer and director Justin Chon, which tells the moving and timely story of a uniquely American family fighting for their future. 
It's about Antonio LeBlanc, who is played by Chon, a Korean adoptee raised in a small town in the Louisiana Bayou, who is married to the love of his life, Kathy, played by Alicia Vikander, and his stepdad to their daughter, Jessie. Struggling to make a better life for his family, he must confront the ghosts of his past when he faces deportation from the only country he has ever called home. So this looks like a really gritty and moving drama, doesn't it, based on this trailer? I was deeply moved by the trailer. How did you feel? It's going to hit me in the feels, I think. Very emotional. It looks like a stunningly shot movie mm. as well, like just this beautiful visual tapestry and a really moving story to boot and something that a lot of immigrant Americans can relate to. It's pretty shocking. It's really timely right now. Our listeners can check out the trailer on our YouTube channel and Blue Bayou is expected in Australian cinemas on November 18. Now we got the trailer for John and the Hole which is an unsettling psychological thriller which details a desperate game of survival that unfolds after 13-year-old John traps his family in a hole in the ground. Oh, my goodness. This trailer was terrifying. So unsettling, wasn't it? I kept watching it going, oh, that kid's creepy. He's creepy. I'm very intrigued. It reminds me of, uh, what's that movie? Tilda Swinton, We Need to Talk About Kevin. Mm. It's just like this psycho, deeply disturbed boy. Children are creepy. Children are scary. I'm just making a blanket <laughs> statement. All children are scary. <laughs> All children are creepy. Stay away, please. <laughs> there is no firm release date as yet on John and the Hole, but this one is expected within the next couple of months. It's coming to get you, Tim. You won't know when, but suddenly he'll be there. <laughs> I'm going to be looking down every time I walk outside to make sure I don't <laughs> fall in John's hole and get murdered. <laughs> uh, on that note, that is it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast. We reviewed Gunpowder Milkshake, which is in cinemas now pending lockdown restrictions. Stay safe, everyone. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We have a website, popcornpodcast.com. Make sure you check it out. We've got all our episodes up there for you. If you'd like to get to know us a little better, there's an About Us section and we run ticket giveaways. So keep an eye on the website for more information. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.